difference One cup at a time So be sure to grab your tea Grab a seat And tune in to Miss Liz Tea time Making a difference One cup at a time Well, good morning and welcome to Tea Time. That's right, we are back and it is a full new week and I have the incredible Julie Karatko. I hope I'm saying it right. I'll get her to say her name when she gets out here. I, so You know, my, my tongue switches. like It just turns off automatically. Good morning, Miss Liz. Not enough tea in me yet, uh, but I'm going to get Julie out here and we're going to share a good old TEA on decluttering. That's right. We haven't done this topic yet, and I thought it would be interesting to do this topic because how much of us out there clutter our houses? I'm in this room right now, and my room is cluttered clean, but it's clutter. So I want to talk to Julie about that this morning. Uh, I, so leave your questions, leave your comments in the section. DM Miss Liz's Facebook page if you would like to have a private question, and I will get that out to Julie this morning. Also, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't subscribed, and you can see these tea times at your own time and pace so if you find that one hour is too long you can watch 15 minutes pause it and then come back for another 15 minutes that's just the way it works over here miss liz doesn't enforce these tea times on anyone watch it at your own pace at your own time and share them with your loved ones and anyone that they resonate with so let me get the disclaimer going and a little bit on julie and, and then we're going to get julie in here we're going to spill a good tea and we'll get this week started so disclaimer for Miss Liz's Tea Time Live show. Miss Liz myself is going live using StreamYard. Before leaving a comment, please grant StreamYard permission to see your name at StreamYard.com. Please be advised that the content brought forward for any Tea Time show hosted by myself, Miss Liz, is always brought forward in good faith. However, may bring forward dialogues and opinions that are not representative of my platform. The facts and information are perceived to be accurate at the giving time of airing. All Tea Time guests and audience participants are responsible for using their good judgment in taking any action that may relate to the discussion. The content brought forward may include discussions for some where they may be emotionally at risk. It is significant to know that this show is engaging in discussion forums only to offer and inspire awareness and connection and is not providing therapeutical advice. If you have any questions about the disclaimer or the panelist discussion, you may freely contact me, Ms. Liz, through my email at bookiemissliz at gmail.com. Moving forward, should you choose to voluntarily participate in today's show in any aspect, I, Ms. Liz, welcomes you. And should you decide that the show is not made for you at this time, I respect those wishes and will see you at a later show at a later date and time. And again, all tea time this year in 2023 are done on a Thursday, 10, 3, and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If it's not a Thursday, it's a rescheduled show or a surprise guest on a Monday and Tuesday. So now let me give you a little bit on Julie. Julie Corrard. Cor Karatakol is an award-winning professional life and end-of-life organizer, certified life coach, and professional declutterer. She is passionate about supporting people in clearing clutter in all areas of their lives. Getting organized and becoming more mindful and aware, she hosts the popular podcast, which we'll be talking about this morning, Clear Your Clutter Inside and Out, and is the author of 15 books. That's right, I said 15 Happily married to Tony, and she is also at the beck and call of Rescue Black Cats and Antonio. 
Nini and Gus, based in Willing, Wisconsin, WV. I'm not sure what state that is. I'll have to find out. Julie works with people all over the world. She enjoys hiking, reading, learning about environmental and animal issues, baking, and spending time with her nieces and nephews. The bathtub is her woman cave. We're going to talk about the woman cave as well. So let me get Julie in here and let me sip on my tea. Good morning. Good morning, Julie. Am I saying your name right? Caraccio. Caraccio. I wasn't even close. That's a, it's Italian. It's okay. The CC in Italian is a ch. Uh, ch, ch. We're going to do some ch in this morning. And WV know. is West Virginia. West Virginia. Ah, there we go. Wisconsin's WI. There we go. See, Miss Liz gets a little bit of education in the morning before I'm even fully awake. So, Julie, I'm going to start off how I start off every tea time. Who were you as a little girl and who are you now? Oh, what a wonderful question. So as a little girl, I was adventurous, inquisitive. I liked being outdoors and I liked being creative. I was very imaginative as a child and always thinking about things in my mind. Most of that has stayed with me as an adult. I love nature. When I get upset going outside and hugging a tree feels really good. I'm a little less adventurous, but working on that. We just got back from Alaska. I love to travel and still creative, like writing books, podcasts, you know, doing this. It takes creative mind to do that. So a lot of it's still there. Well, I like that. Alaska, I've always wanted to go to Alaska. That's something I wanted to take my grandma, me and her, just a big old Alaskan cruise. So what did you enjoy about Alaska? Oh, everything was incredible. That was the first time we had gone on a cruise and it was actually a bucket list item because I've now been to all 50 states in the U.S. and I've traveled elsewhere. But Alaska was incredible. And the cruise was a way to do it to see the southeastern uh, portion because you either get there by plane or sea for just about all of the cities on the coast. And then we went to Denali, saw the Northern Lights, which is Mother Nature as of STV show. So uh, it was just incredible. And after going there, I'm like, you know, because if you go to Alaska, you don't have some conveniences that you have in the lower 48. So I understand why people go there and love it. I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's in incredible. So Julie, I'm so glad that you went to Alaska because I got to see Alaska through your eyes, even though I wasn't there. But I, this is what I do is I just jump in everybody's suitcases and back pockets, right? And I just travel with you guys. So when you take me on this adventure, I, I get to enjoy it as well. I'm a Northern girl. I come from Northern Ontario. So when you say Northern Lights, I know exactly what you're talking about. It is magical. It is the picture in the sky. It, it, there's no, no way to describe it. It's just magical. Uh, so Julie, I want to get into clutter. Uh, we're talking about cluttering this morning. What got you into that? Well, I had been, had moved from Tennessee. Well, I'd moved from Los Angeles, North Carolina, I had a job in Tennessee and then the company exploded. So, and then I found a job. My background had been in, uh, grant writing and a director of development for a nonprofit. And I had this job in Raleigh and I'm like, okay, these people are crazy. And I said, but I've just taken the job and I'm like, and I'm not going to stay here. So I took a year to create a business and I was like, what can I do that will help people? I want to make a difference, but I got to get paid, right? And I have to use my skill set. So I came up with organizing and my business at the beginning was called Healing Through Organization. That was very purposeful. I want people to heal and people heal. That makes the world a better place. And then I had started doing a body, mind, spirit, interviewing experts on internet TV show and called that Reawaken Your Brilliance, which I ended up, I'm like, I love that name. I'm going to change that to my business, which I don't recommend. Changing your business name is a huge pain in the bum bum. But I was like, well, that was kind of on my path. And then I had this big aha moment. I was working with a client. And when I go to declutter and organize, I typically work in four hour blocks because you want to be able to see a difference. Be like, oh my gosh, I've accomplished something. So I went to a client's house and she said, can we just talk? And I said, absolutely, you're the client. I'm going to let you direct this. We talked for about three hours. And that last hour, we cleared so much clutter. It was phenomenal. I think we, if we wouldn't have talked, we wouldn't have cleared as much clutter. And so what that made me realize is, you know, we got to dig deeper on the clutter. We can organize 
whenever it's done, but it's about clearing the clutter and understanding why do I have this clutter? And it's been amazing. Everyone has all the answers and the wisdom within. I view my job as supporting people to bringing that to the surface. And when you have those aha moments, it makes clearing clutter a lot easier. So what are the reasons for clutter to begin? You mean, why do people have clutter? It's obviously very individualized. If you grew up in a house that was chaotic and had clutter, that's the norm for you. So taking that away can be scary. It can be delayed decisions. I like to call the garage and the attic and the basement the land of indecision. I don't want to make a decision on this now. I'm going to throw it in the garage. It can be because you're overwhelmed. A lot of people, the majority, I would say, one of the biggest reasons people stay stuck is because they're overwhelmed. And then, you know, I look at clutter. I have a definition of clutter that is anything, clutter is anything that prevents you from creating the life you choose, deserve, and desire. So it's more than just the physical stuff, mental, emotional health, holidays are coming up, right? Relationship clutter. If it's not important, it's clutter. And so it might be, so for instance, health clutter, Maybe you're like, I don't know how to get healthy. I don't know how to eat better. I don't know how to exercise. So it's really going to be individualized. But as we work on our inner clutter, it affects our outer clutter and vice versa. So if you start to clean up your office, you might see, and I would argue you probably will, you have less mental clutter. Which makes a lot of sense because you're kind of feeling it, feeling it in, right? You're kind of mm -hmm. closing yourself in and that. Uh, so I, I have a question here. What are the seven types of clutter? Oh, uh, well, I, so I have my definition, but I would say physical, I think it's more into physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, digital, health, relationships, holidays. I'm on eight. What else am I forgetting? Uh, those are the broad categories that I have. I'd say you have end of life clutter as well. Uh, those are the broad strokes for me. So you're mentioning end of life. So is that somebody passing? That's all preparing the for end of life, right? So you give your loved ones peace of mind. You know, my mom died a couple of years ago and my dad, we had had meetings about it. I'm like, oh, well, dad's taking care of this. He's, you know, we're having these conversations and my mom died. He's like, yeah, your mom didn't want to talk about it. So when we're grieving, we're having to make it. So he said, well, we talked about cremation. Let's cremate her you know, and I'm like, when you're grieving, those are really hard. And then decisions. Do you want the Facebook page to stay up? Which Facebook, I'm mad at you. I spent multiple times trying to take down her Facebook page and I just don't have the energy or time provided a death certificate. It was just, I didn't have the time or energy, but when you're grieving, the last thing you're going to want to do, where's the passwords? Where's the safety deposit box key? That's what I'm talking about. Leaving a roadmap for your loved ones. And, you know, if you don't do this, I don't know how it is in Canada, but in the U S I, uh, you know, then the government's going to get involved. If you don't have a last will and Testament, I don't, I pay enough taxes. I don't want the government getting involved and making decisions for me. I'm with you on that one. We pay enough taxes. You already get enough when I'm living. You ain't getting it when I'm gone. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> And you brought up some really good things, you know, uh, Facebook pages and social media. When someone passes, you know, the stress that the family goes through with that, like, you know, like you're already grieving. Can you not just take the word that this person is gone? You know, why do I have to go and get this document? Why do I have to do this? You know, just be considerate and just take it down or keep it up or, you know, like, so the steps for somebody who's going through that, Julie, because you have gone through it, what do you recommend for others? Uh, for uh, the grieving process or for end of for life preparation or? For the end of life and like social media and stuff like what would well, you recommend? Well, obviously making decisions. You should have a list, you know, we're, they've now are starting to create laws around it and think about it. But a long time people didn't think about all their digital assets. So it's not only do you have music online, do you have movies online, do you have uh, travel reward points? You know, I want you to sit down and think about all the do online photographs, all the accounts. Are your banking is now online? What are the account name, number? What's your password? What's the link? And creating a document 
to make that easier on someone. Okay, here is everything I have here. And this, and you decide. Maybe you're like, you know what? I want to live on forever. Keep my Facebook page. But you might, man, I hate social media. Delete it when I'm gone, right? And making those, the more decisions you make, it's easier on your loved ones because they don't have to make that decision. And I've told you, I've given up trying to close my mom's Facebook page because it's, it's, I've, here's a death certificate. Here's obituary in the paper. It's, you know, they're just really messed up with it. And that takes up so much time and energy. And if, you know, for us, it ended up being a good thing, you know, when some memories come up or shared things and still seeing pictures and things that she'd post. So on that hand, it's good. But the more decisions you make, as I mentioned, it just makes it easier. But create that master list. And you might be surprised. Oh, yeah, I've got that online. I forgot about that. And then decide. You know, and you might want an uh, online memorial. There are lots of options for that and create something. So if people are missing you, they can pop online. But then again, you have to remember if you do that, how is it going to be paid for and who's going to make any decisions on it? You know, if you want to keep some of your digital content, you have to think about those things. Well, you just opened my eyes to something I never even thought of, you know, because I am like all over social media. So like, I, I want to make it easier on my ki- on my children. So I'm gonna, <laughs> that's something I will put in, in, in place. Uh, you know, sometimes we just don't know and we have to have guests on and we have to have meet people so that we can learn things that we don't know or, or are aware of. Um, I never, ever thought of that. So thanks for that, Julie. That really, really, Good. I got it down here. I'm like, do it. Okay, <laughs> Because I don't want my kids to have all the clutter when I'm gone, you know, and downsizing while you're alive before you pass is, is that something that you recommend as well? Oh, I I personally recommend it a thousand percent. You know, the younger generations don't want our stuff. They're living a lot more lightly. And so, and you know, one of the things I run into is people are like, oh, but they'll want this. Mm, Probably not. Start having those conversations now. One of the things my grandmother did when she was still alive, like who, okay, who wants this? If you don't and start getting rid of things, you know, we've downsized twice. And I, is something I go through everything I own every year. And then I also do many things like we're modeling the houses. We're almost done. It's a hot mess. Uh, like everything was in my office that from the bedroom and the bathroom, it was crazy. But I, so I'm like, we're going to put one of my bookcases in the bedroom. And so as I was going through that, I'm like, Ooh, I'm getting rid of this book. I go to the library all the time. So I now have three, I love books. So that's one of the more challenging things for me to let go of. But I'm like, I have three books to take to the library to donate. But just, I was in that moment that I don't want this book anymore. I'm going to put it in my books for the library to return. So when I go, I'm getting rid of it. So I always encourage the big thing. But if you do those, just, you know, in that moment, I want to let this go, then do it. Take that action now. Yeah, I think it's really important. I'm a book person too. So that's another thing that I'm going to, my, and my kids are not big readers. They're more digital stuff, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but I'm, I'm that paper person, like, that, that book and okay? journals. Well, my kids will have journals. I'll have enough to read for uh-huh. the next 20 years. <laughs> They'll be like, where is mom going with this? <laughs> So leaving, leaving the legacy and leaving things behind, like you mentioned, like your grandmother did ask, like, you know, and I find that we take it to heart. If somebody says, no, I I don't want that. No, you can, you know, because we hold on to things, materialistic things sometimes a lot more than we do our personal things. Uh, Is there a reason why we do that? Well, one, I would say, don't be offended because that has nothing to do with you. That's their preference. And it's not a slam against you if they don't have the same taste. So I wouldn't worry about that. And I forgot the other part. What was the question about this brain fog? We both had COVID. If you've had COVID, you know what's going <laughs> brain on. Brain fog will get you every time. time. I'm sorry. It sometimes pops in my head. And what was the first part of that? But I wanted to get that point across. Like, don't get upset if people turn you down or don't want it has nothing to in general what people do and say is about them how you respond is about you so don't take it personally so how why do we put materialistic sometimes before personal things like uh we'll put like uh, a book before a loved one like we'll hold on to that book forever and ever and ever and we just won't let go of that book is there like a, a personal attachment to that 
I would say there are a couple different things. Uh, well, I want first want to talk about memories and uh, sentimental items because that's where a lot of people get really uh, caught up. The mistake we make is we put the memory on the object. If we let the object go, <clears throat> our memory will still be in our heads and I believe in our hearts because everything is energy. So I'll share an example. When my grandmother died, my aunts and dad were like, we want everyone to have everything. So they had given me, and I laughed. I ended up, we hadn't planned on moving back to West Virginia. My mom got sick and I ended up buying my grandmother's house. So, you know, that was kind of a nice coming home moment, but I'll never forget. She had these dishes. I laughed. She probably opened a bank account in the fifties and got them for free. And at one point they were pretty, they were white and had daisies around them. I'm like, but they were dingy. So anyway, they, I was out in California. They sent me all these dishes and I went and heard Peter Walsh speak. And he was like, you know, the memories are in your head. And I've added they're in your heart because I truly believe that. And as soon as I heard him speak, I donated the dishes the next day. Like I had no desire. I was like, why not give them? They're clean. They work. Why not give them to someone that can use them? So memories is a big place where we aren't able to let it go with books, for instance. Maybe it's hard for people to release because they're afraid they're going to lose knowledge, right? If I let my book go, is the knowledge going to go? And no, it's still there. Another thing is, ah, oh, I might need it someday. And so what I say to that is, can you trust that you'll get what you need when you need it? And then if I'm working with someone, I always try to plant that seed. To me, that's the most important. But then I'll have a conversation. Well, is this something we could borrow from a neighbor? Or could we rent it if you were to let it go? You know, if you haven't used it in a couple of years and just sitting there collecting dust, can you trust that? Or what are other options that we have? Because we can probably have come up with a game plan that could ease some of that anxiety if you were to let it go. So what are the top three questions that you ask somebody when you're hoarding with them? Like removing the clutter and hoarding is completely different than cluttering. Oh, hoard, yeah, right? I do not work with hoarding or with hoarders. You need to have special training with that. And I believe in the best case scenario, uh, and I have a friend who's trained to work with hoarders, that you have the organizer and you have a, a psychologist or uh, therapists working as well. I think that's the best case scenario because you're tackling it on both ends. So it's two different things, correct? Well, I, ideally, I mean, I think that anytime you have a, a therapist, I think that's trained in that, that that's really supportive, that's helpful. You know, I worked with someone who wasn't a hoarder, but I talked to, uh, it was a family member who hired me. So I always checked in with a family member, but this person had a therapist. So I was always checking in with the therapist to make sure, you know, is this okay? Or the therapist would give me good suggestions because they had uh, insights, deeper insights to the client than I would have had just starting off. So in the video that I played, the, the beginning of the video, there's four boxes. Do you do that when you work with somebody? Um, well, I don't, if was it like keep, donate? Okay. Yeah. So I would add more, a couple more boxes to that. Okay. What I like to do, so I have, uh, you're going to make me think, keep uh, belongs to someone else because I've seen people hold on to other things. Different location, recycle. Did I mention donate? Uh, give to friend or family. I think I've got everything. But those are the, and then, so yeah, I like to do that. I don't like to use sticky notes because they fall off and there's nothing worse and you're decluttering and you're in your groove and you're like, oh, what's this pile? or that you have to stop the momentum and stop and think. So uh, another thing, make sure you have sturdy bags and boxes. The last thing you want to do is have stuff and then you trip or the bag breaks, you know, save yourself headache. So in the, in, in the boxes, is there, is there a reason why you label the boxes this way, Julie? Oh, so when you're decluttering, okay, I'm going to donate that. I'm going to put it right. That's about kind of streamlining it, making it easier. We want to make this process as easy as possible. So then when you're done declaring, I got a box. I'm going to put it in the car right now because this is donate. I've got a box at the next family dinner. I'm bringing it and telling people to grab their stuff. Ah, I got a box of things that I need to return to people. So the next time I'm out running errands, I'm going to go, oh, I've got a box. This belongs in a different location. I'm going to go put everything where it belongs right now. So and then trash. Have... I forgot trash when things are just so awful. And what I, I want to make a note about donations, if I may, if you wouldn't give it to a friend or family member, trash it. Look, I'm all about being as green and as possible. But if something's 
you know, a ratty t-shirt, let it go. Don't donate it to a charity. And especially in California, I know, because my friend works out there, if a charity has to just trash it, they might have to pay landfill fees. So now you've cost the charity money instead of helping them bring money. So just please be mindful of that. I like that you said that because a lot of people that donate, they'll just put like all of the trash in with the donations and not considering that the pickers have to go through this. It takes, it's time consuming. And, and like you said, it costs the charity, uh, you know, it, it just kind of prolongs mm -hmm. getting rid of everything. Right. Is that another form of not getting rid of clutter because you're just passing your clutter on to the next clutter? I think, um, that's a great question. I don't necessarily see it like that. I just see people not being aware or being a little self-centered, right? I'm not going to think about other people. Another thing is don't donate a, a game to uh, someone or to a kid's charity that's missing pieces. I had a friend that grew up in foster care or an, I'm sorry, in an orphanage. And she said there was nothing worse getting a game or having a puzzle missing a couple pieces. Like, don't do that to a kid. And there, right. you know, there, when I lived in uh, Raleigh in Durham, there was a great, great reuse center. And so there are things, you know, someone, an artist might be able to find those. I remember seeing wallpaper samples, all those books of wallpaper samples that used to exist. And there are creative people there. They also did birthday parties for kids so they could create whatever they could find in the store. There are solutions to be green and you, you can think about that, but just be aware of how your clutter affects other people. I like that you said that, Julie, because, you know, we have to be considerate of other people when we're getting rid of stuff as well. You know, even when we're turning our trash and, and throwing our trash out, we have to be considerate of the landfills as well. Yeah. You know, if, if we, we can put it to a recycling bin instead of a garbage <laughs> bag, let's start recycling, you know. Uh, uh, that was the other bag I forgot, recycle. So for anybody that's out there that's not recycling, what are the what are the key factors for recycling? And well, the, reasons? the first thing I say is get on your city's website or your town site and know the law. You know, we recycle. It's frustrating coming back here. We recycle, but it's minimal. So but at the place called the Highlands, which is 10 minutes from here, they have a recycling center that accepts a lot more. So you just need to understand, OK, the city of Wheeling takes this. What are my other options? Like when I lived in California, in Pasadena, same thing, eh, take a lot. But then I'm like, I found a recycling center 10 minutes away and I would take my stuff there. Although we as a society have to stand up and say, you know what, we need to recycle and we need to come up with better solutions and that we can recycle and keep it here and, and turn it into something. So, you know, like I love those people who take the plastic bottles and somehow make clothing out of that and support people who are doing green efforts. Well, and I think it's really important. I, I, I'm i learning so much this morning. Like, you know, call your city and find out what they take for recycling because not all cities take the same exactly. same items. That I was unaware of that as well. Like, you know what I mean? And these are the things that we need to do is we need to ask questions and we need to be, get informed, get educated, yes. you know, and it's okay to ask a question. There's no dumb question out there. Absolutely. A thousand percent, no dumb questions. So, Julie, I want to get into, uh, I have a few statements here and a few uh, comments and stuff like that. So what are the five questions that you ask your clients when you're working with them, when you're doing the boxes, like the recycling, the trash? Like, is there, is there a process of well, questions? When I work with someone, first of all, I, I do a free 15 minute consultation because I want to make sure I have the skill set that matches your needs and that we get along. This can be very intimate work and we have to be a good match for each other. I think that's super important. And if I'm not a match with someone, that's okay. Find someone like, I'm like, if I can refer you to someone I am, that's what's most important. So then I have them fill out a short assessment. Uh, some of the questions I ask are, what were your parents' uh, relationship to clutter? Like, how was it growing up in your household? I think that that's something really interesting to ask. One of the things I always ask is, how are you organized or how can you declutter? Because in some way, shape, or form, we can clear clutter or be organized. And I want people to remember that. Like, you can do this. In some way, you already are doing it. Uh, let's see. What are um, what do they think the problem with clutter is? Is it uh, releasing sentimental items? Is it you keep buying and not releasing? Find, find out what their aspect is. Uh, what clutter is costing them? 
So I really want to say, what are you losing when you do this? And then uh, what will they gain when they let go of that color? And there's some more questions on the assessment. And then obviously when we work together, depending on the individual situations, as we're clearing clutter, questions are just going to naturally come up. I'll give an example. So I was working with a woman and she had a stack about two feet, maybe three feet tall, tons of paper. And I said, uh, what's going on with this? And so we started to talk and she said, oh, well, you know, those are clippings like recipes and news articles that I'm going to send to friends and family. And I said, well, how long has this pile been here? A couple years. So we started to talk and I started to ask her questions. And I mentioned earlier at this show, we all have the wisdom within. And as I'm asking questions, she says, oh my gosh, I send these because I'm afraid if I don't, they won't love me. And as soon as she said that, she knew that wasn't true. And we recycled the whole pile of paper. She didn't need to send a recipe. She didn't need to send a newspaper article for them to love her. She knew that they did. And then, bam, it's done. That's what digging deeper and finding out what's going on, then it allows us to clear clutter. Well, I... It kind of it, it kind of hit home because I was like that for a long time. Was I would keep pictures, uh, and pictures that a lot of people would be like, "What? Why are you keeping that picture? Why are you holding on to that? Why are you doing?" And I and I'd be like, "Well, because I want to keep the memory. I want to hold the memory. I want to." And that's kind of what you're explaining here is with these papers and clippings and everything, is that. For me, I always looked at it as if I kept it when I'm gone, then they can have it. They can hold on to the memory. They'll still love it. And as soon as you said it, it you know, sometimes my guests, they kind of get me off guard and they, and, and they kind of just throw me back for a loop because it kind of makes me reawake, you know? And mm -hmm. I love the title of your business, Reawaken the Br Your Brilliance, because sometimes we need that moment. Well, you know, we're all these great, awesome little tiny things when we're born and then society happens or our family happens or our friends happen and say, you know, you're not brilliant. You're not unique. You suck. Here's what's wrong with you. And so to me, it's about reawaking that and getting all that dirt and crud off so you can see the brilliant diamond that you are. I, I'm really, really, really eye opening for me this morning. So I'm getting a lot of poof. Oh, okay. oh excellent. <laughs> So, I, and I love that when I get that from my guests. And, and Julie, thank you so much for sharing those examples and that because sometimes, you know, you need that mirror in front of you to say, this is why you do this. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And don't so judge yourself. No shame or judgment. If I had a magic wand, I would just blow up shame and judgment. That's with this work. Oh, you know, I'm bad for doing this or I'm not as good enough. I'll share. I want to share a story. So I'm on Instagram and I do videos and my video from yesterday, I wake up and, uh, and follow Miss Liz on Instagram. She's great and posts. She does a better job than I do. She puts, uh, publishes much more frequently. So their comment. So I've redone my office. And so we move things around because we're modeling. So I did a little video on ask yourself what clutter is costing you. So I woke up this morning, there were a comment and they were like, look behind you, question mark, question mark. So it was great. So I have, a, I did, before our interview, I did a little video. It goes, I usually keep them a minute. This goes about a minute and 40 seconds. So I'm like, I'm going to respond to this one. And so I just wrote back and I said, uh, I, it's not clutter because I use it. So that's a point. If you use it, it's not clutter. And I, so I said, those are my medicinal teas. And those are my books. And they're two little tiny shelves. And I said, those are the, those are books that I use the most in my office because they were, you know, easy access. And I said, and I, my medicinal teas, it's not clutter and, you know, and it's organized. And then in my little video, I talk about my organization is good enough. I can't be hyper. I'm not Martha Stewart and I don't want to be Martha Stewart. I don't want to be the home edit. I have no desire that's not realistic. If you're super rich, then have someone like me come in all the time. Have at it. But for the majority of us who work, who have families, who have pets, who are trying to exercise, you know, blah, 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 good enough is going to suffice when it comes to organizing. I can look at my bookshelf and scan. It would cost me more time if it was hyper-organized. That's just me. Like I have cookbooks in one side that are general, like I'm doing keto. So I have keto, I have vegetarian. They're very loosely, but they're organized, but that's good enough. 
And it obvious, and I'm not a minimalist and I never, I claim to be a minimalist. That's great. If you can be a minimalist, I go traveling. You can't see, but like I have all my mom's artwork on the wall. When I travel, I actually didn't get that in Alaska. I didn't get a little painting in Alaska, but I love it. And it brings me joy. It's not clutter if it brings me joy. So if I'm using it, it's not clutter. And I encourage people organize to be good enough. So if someone calls you and says, Hey, I can save you on your insurance. You're like, fantastic. Let me grab my insurance file. So all my insurance, car, health, everything is in one insurance file. I don't hyper-organize it because I can leave 10 seconds. Ah, uh, here's the car, right? It, it's about bringing ourselves peace of mind. It's about saving money. So when that person calls, you can automatically grab it, but that it's not so hyper-organized. You have to spend all your time keeping it up. I'm telling you, if you hyper-organize, you're going to be spending a lot of time in maintenance. Why not just be like, okay, it's a general thing. Like in my filing cabinet, I'm sorry, we're going off on a little organizing a little bit, but I have three main, I have personal files, I have business and I have financial. And then my files within that, I hit the easy button. And you know, we don't, 80, 20 rule on filing is especially important. We don't use 80% of what we own. So I'm always going through my file. Can I let it go? Right. And in general, 80-20 rules, it works. We don't use 80% of what we own. So just take that first step and start. But don't beat yourself up if you look, don't look like someone on Instagram because those aren't realistic for the majority of us. Right? In social media, it, it puts this persona out that it, this is how our lives are without even understanding how our lives really are you know, it's curated. It's, it's, it's fake. I read, I'll never forget reading about someone. They spent four hours on a photo. I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. I'm like, I hope you're getting paid for this because how are you working? Cause I can't spend four hours on, like I said, you're much better. I'm like, I need to post more on Instagram. I'm like, I'll schedule it twice a day that that's going to have to, that's going to have to work for right now. Right. And so it's not realistic. So don't compare yourself to something that's most likely not real. Right. And, you know, everyone has their own way of dealing with things and working with things. And, you know, what works for somebody else might not work. For yes. You. So yes. stop being so hard on ourselves. You, you know, uh, if somebody does all the extra editing and all the proof, I don't have time for that, guys. Miss Liz serves raw material. I don't do any of that. What you see is this little pretty colors here. And and you see the conversation between me and the guests because. I want to keep it real. I want to keep it authentic. I want to keep it real and raw that we're not putting any fancy gadgets in, you know, uh, and that's what an open conversation is. Why are we editing? Why are we moving? Why are we trying to make it sound better than what it was? Let's just have that open conversation. It's like going to grandma's house and telling grandma, you know what? I had a rough week. Grandma, I don't know how I got through it. And she gives you a cup of tea. That's what Miss Liz does. And I just give you a cup of tea, but I give you a different type of tea. So, you know, we just got to be ourselves and mm -hmm. enjoy ourselves. And I love that you said, if, if it doesn't bring you joy, then get rid of it, you know, and, and share it with somebody that might need it, not somebody who you think might need it. We had a question a couple minutes ago, and I want to get into that question. Uh, I have, I've been holding on to my grandmother's stuff for five years. When do I let it go? And how do I let it go? Great question. Well, I was super close to my grandmother and close to my mother. So I understand it. Grief doesn't have a timetable, right? But what would I would say to you, it's been five years. And as I talked about, so is it, I talked about my grandmother's, I don't know if they heard and can re-listen. Thankfully you're recording this. I talked about my dingy grandmother's dishes, right? That I'm like, these are, someone else can get use out of them. So really start to discern. Do you have dishes that are dingy like I did? But then I had my grandmother's furniture set as a child. It's beautiful. It's almost 100 years old. It was wood, handmade. It's gorgeous. We had that in our guest bedrooms, right? That was perfect. That was useful. People would come over and stay. We got new mattresses. It was great. Between something sitting collecting dust that's kind of, you know, old looking and something purposeful that was used all the time right? So that's start discerning. What, a, what is really not important to me and my grandmother's that I'm still holding on to? And then saying, you know what? 
this is going to be challenging for me. Maybe I need a friend. I'm not, if I'm not a morning person, I'm not going to wake up at 7 a.m. and start going through this. I'm going to take you to Saturday, maybe 10 a.m., have my cup of tea, start going through my grandmother's things. What can I know? Oh, you know what? These are makeup brushes she had. I don't need those. I have my own because I know my grandmother's in my heart and my head. So I can let those makeup brushes grow. And so I encourage you and then commit. Can you look through your grandmother's stuff once a week? If that's too much, look once a month. But get into a routine of taking the time to look through stuff. If your grandmother's stuff is stuffed up and is packed up in boxes sitting in the garage, I'm going to challenge you. How important is that stuff? If you've had it for five years, it's been sitting there. It's, we've got to push ourselves. And I'm not saying get rid of everything, but I'm saying if this is just sitting there collecting dust, it's clutter, right? Everything's energy. What is it that you're trying to bring into your life? A new relationship, a new job? What if you, everything is so stuffed, new things can't come into your life and honor. Like if your grandmother, like my mother was a painter. So I went through and picked out my favorite paintings. We can't see, we've got the fancy background, but all in my office. And then, uh, my husband's like, I don't want any of your, I love your mother. I just don't want any of her paintings in my office. That's okay. We'll put them everywhere else. So they're in my office. They're in the bedroom. She painted a lot. So, but I took what I really liked. And maybe there's a thing you create a shadow box if your grandmother did something of the most important item. Or like, you know, if you're a runner, that's what I tell people. And you're like, man, I'm like, oh, I wish I could run a thousand races like you have. Take all those t-shirts that are starting to rip and make a quilt out of it. There are people out there that can put it and the quilt something useful. And you have all these great t-shirts from when you did all these races. And it's going to be this great reminder. Oh my gosh, how awesome I did these things. Or you create the shadow box or you come up with, something creative to honor the items instead of having them just collecting dust year after year. Hopefully that's some suggestions and can support them. I love all of these suggestions and they, and they said, thank you, Julie. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> and I'm sending hearts to you. Cause what, that was my grandmother that I was closest to. That was the first person that died that I was super close with. So grandmothers are awesome. So Julie, what what is the time? Well, there's no time frame in grief, but I mean, when you're holding on to someone else's uh, items and their merchandise and that, and they're still living, like say they're, they're living in the next town, but they have no room for it. So they say, oh, can I store it at your house? What is the time frame? <laughs> no. <that>? First <laughs> of all, say no before it starts. I have a great story about this. So I had a client and he uh, refinished, was a wood person, right? And so if you're like, I, I'm going to refinish this table or whatever. And so his entire, so he had a huge basement, you know, a huge big house and the basement was a full basement. So that was his workshop where he did everything. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I was working with him and there were three huge armoires. And I said, what are these? Oh, I'm holding on to those. And I said, stop right there. And he said, well, my employee didn't have any place to store them. I'm like, not your problem. You're going to, after we're done today, they have two weeks to get them out or you're shipping them out or you're selling them, right? Create a deadline. And, you know, my dad, so when I traveled a lot after I went away to school and lived in a bunch of different places and my dad was like, you come home or, I'm, you know, I think he might have ended up shipping me things, uh, you know, the child. And my memory box is down to one box. I have cleared a lot of that. I don't have a bunch of that sitting around. But uh, just say no. And if you have stuff now, then you have a deadline. Okay, you have two weeks, a month, whatever it is. If it's not out, I'm going to sell it. Uh, I'm going to trash it. I'm going to donate it. And this is what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, I had a, a helped a neighbor she was moving into assisted living and she had a, a granddaughter that was out of town. And I was like, this is the deadline. And she, I was like, I don't work for you. I, this is, she was one of the most challenging people. I've, and I said, I work for your grandmother. I don't work for you. This is your deadline to come and get stuff. So you, you got to set those boundaries and you say it clearly, you say it with love, but you set it. You have enough to worry about. I've talked a moment ago. Everything's energy. So you're having someone else's stuff. I'm going to assume most people have their stuff. Just, just say no. And then now everyone listening, you have, a, after you're, we're done with this, you're going to go set a deadline and say it's going to be removed. And then you have a plan of what's going to happen if it doesn't 
if they don't I like the that, deadline. I like that you you put that out there deadlines because <laughs> I'm holding on to stuff for people and I'm just like I'm tired of holding on to it so yeah, <laughs> yeah deadline you know, and it's a way of setting boundaries as well I guess with the with yes oh so important boundaries are so important so Julie I want to get into your tea if I give you the letters T-E-A what kind of tea are you serving to my viewers and listeners typically? so this is what my three words are awareness yeah action change because awareness plus action equals change we need to either figure out we might not know what our clutter is i might not realize i'm trying to keep up with the joneses and that's why i'm buying so i become aware of that and then i take action oh if i think i'm keeping up with the joneses how does my self-esteem need to be shored up what is it that i need to love about myself and then i take action i work with someone i get things to donate so awareness, action, change. I like it because without the awareness, we can't take the action exactly. to change. So I really like that. Uh, I want to get into, you have 15 books called Clear Correct. Clutter. So, well, I have one. Well, I'm sorry. You go ahead. No, go go ahead. Did you get another book out there? Did I well, don't know? No, although I'm I'm <laughs> I'm editing one now, but I it's clear your clutter inside and out, which I named uh, after the podcast, and so that's 21 chapters. I go into really a lot of details: physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and then I have a bonus on energetic. So that really is a deeper dive. And then I have uh, a 21 day challenge, quick challenge, just jumpstart to cluttering your life. And it's again, it's all awareness, action, awareness, action, awareness. It's like bam, we're gonna get started on them. I need to jumpstart. And then I have a journal prompt series where it's uh, 365 journal prompts to clear the clutter. We've got holiday, physical, mental, all those categories I've mentioned, because I, as I've said, you have the wisdom within. And so this journal prompt books guides you. And then at the end, always take action. And how can I create a plan to move forward? And that's in every book. Wow. So are these books like an easy read, but what, what you know, target audience are, are the books for anyone who wants to clear their clutter? I think it's an easy, you know, it, you have to do the work. It's about what I talked about. It's creating awareness. All these books are about creating awareness. And then I walk you through taking actions to create change in your life. You know, when people come to me, they're overwhelmed or they're stuck, they're not happy. And so let's clear that clutter and move forward. Let's become happy. Let's do what brings us joy do our passion and and i think it also helps when we have some guidelines and some tools and tips because i'm big on self-help books or things that will give me ideals that i would have never thought of doing it this way you know sometimes somebody else's perspective also opens up another door oh, for us to absolutely. understand mm -hmm. you know uh so i want to get a you, you have the books you have the podcast so when is the podcast and how can people get a hold of the podcast? It's called Clear Your Clutter Inside and Out. And it's also on YouTube. And I finished it 10 years. My last episode was in August of this year, 2023. But it's uh, I have over 500 episodes. So it's free. You can access all that. But that was kind of a, a way of giving back and loving. But after a decade, I'm like, it's, it's on to the next new project. Wow, 10 years. Yeah, See, and a lot God. of people think the podcasting only started in 2020. I'm going on my fifth year. So see, 10 years ago. So, but we're getting more alert on podcasting now because I think it was just like the the trend thing that came in, right? When COVID came, everybody was like, how do I keep everybody in? Well, let's have a conversation. Let's have a podcast. Let's have this. Uh, I, I, I'm going to be checking it out for sure because I, I like finding the older podcast because there was a different flow back then uh with the with the COVID podcasters i found that it was more of an alert more of stay connected where the older podcasts it was more of a free free open like you know yeah like i've read oh you have to have it x minutes long it can't be i'm like i'm gonna talk about what i have to talk i always have take actions items at the end and i share personal stories i share where i've struggled and I have some interviews on there as well, but it's about as long as I get what I need to say, I can't fit that into 20 minutes or 22 or whatever they say. I'm like, I want to have a conversation. I'll tell you what I need to tell you. And then the podcast is over. Right. 
<laughs> I'm I'm with you on that one. I can't get it in in 15 minutes, guys. That's why podcasting yeah. is one hour because I need time to get to know my guests and to understand the topics and, and choices that we're making, you know, uh, tools and tips. I can't get it in 15 minutes. I, I'm just getting to know my guests as well. So, uh, Julie, I want, I also asked you a couple of questions, your favorite color and your one word. Uh, so let's get into that. Uh, so your favorite color you gave me was majestic purple. So which is my office color? Oh, do you want to share a little bit on that? Well, so I was, that's one thing I'm like, I want to paint this and, and claim it, especially my office where I spend a lot of time. So I was looking, I wanted to do rose gold and that doesn't exist or it's some like long process or use phrase. I'm like, we're not doing that. So, um, and then I saw in the name and fell in love with the name majestic, uh, purple. I was like, Oh, I love that. It just makes me feel very queen like, and I love purple. I think it's a great color. Uh, I think it, uh, makes my mom's artwork pop. I just, I absolutely love it. And I have a lot of purple that I wear. I was like, oh, you know, I shouldn't wear gray. I was just thinking about that when we started. I'm like, I need to wear something more colorful, but uh, uh, yeah, so that is, and I'm also a big fan of turquoise, but I went with majestic purple. Well, and I think purple, it, it's got that power, right? It's yes. that royalty. It's like you said, like queen-like, right? Yes. You know? And I'm a queen. Um, <laughs> And it's in your room. So it kind of makes you feel, you know, that that's your creative and I feel like it's high vibing and it's a good, for me, it's a good color for my office. So do you have that majestic purple in your woman cave? Well, the office is slash woman cave. Yes. So it's multi-purpose room. We downsize. We do not have a huge house. So it has serves multiple purpose and it also has a cat tree for the cats by the window because cats are a huge part of our lives. So they are in here as well. So woman cave, when you, when I say woman cave, what is your woman cave, Julie? Well, it's a bathtub. Usually I take that as part of my nightly ritual. I have a bubble bath. I have my best friend gifted me. I've got this nice wooden tray. I'm a big reader. I'm almost at 160 books. I do good reads and I keep track of everything. So I'm almost 160 this year. So I love to read. I love to have a bubble bath. Sometimes I'll play music, but that is my way of kind of ending the day, kind of getting into my groove. And I found when I'm relaxed, that's when I get a lot of intuitive hits. It's when I get a lot of intuitive information because it's that warmness. And when we, so we remodeled our bathroom and um, I, we've got this nice tub. It's deep. Like I'm laughing. I was sitting in all the bathtubs and I thought they're like, Tony's like, Oh, you know, armrest. Cause you read. And I sat and I was like, Ooh, no, I'm like, I'm glad we tested that. So we got it, this new tub. It's nice and deep, a soaking tub. So it's, it's very lovely, but that is my woman cave. And I think we all need a woman cave, right? We yeah. always talk about the man cave, but let's talk about the woman yes. cave, you know? And I think bubble bats is just one of one of many woman caves. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, for me, it's a nice fresh bed. That's my mm. woman cave. Like there's just something about when you wash your sheets mm -hmm. and, and then get into them again, right? It's, it's unexplainable. And my, my spouse always says, I don't understand why you're so in love with the nice queen bed. And I'm just like, it's not get it. I'm with you a thousand <laughs> times. Like if I was super wealthy, I'd have someone come and change my sheets every day. Right? That would be it's one of the things I'd treat myself to. Oh, yeah, it's like pampering. It's it's like going to a spa, right? Yeah, you go in yeah. and you're just like in your nice little comfy slippers, your nice robe. It's it just homey. It's cozy. It's like a bubble bath. The bubble bats are another one of my favorites as well. Uh, I want to get into your one word, and you gave me the word resilient. I think for me, what says I knock down, but I get back up. You know. We have, as a society, I think, have have lost resiliency to a point. And so I think that's really important. Life's going to happen to us. We're not always going to get what we want. We're going to be throwing curveballs. Hurts are going to happen. Disappointments are going to happen. But can we get back up? So I continue to get back up, right? It's like, you know, when my mom died, that was really tough. I was really grieving. But I ended up, uh, I have a neighborhood tennis court and I ended up, Oh, they're like, do you want to play? I'm like, yeah, sure. It'll be a different form of exercise. Ended up loving it. As soon as I'm done with this interview, I got to take off. I, I 
play tennis with my dad once a week. And so it's become this great bonding experience with us. And when he started practicing with me a year ago, so I started playing last year, then he started to play tennis again, which has been great for him after my mom died socially and physically and mentally and all that good stuff. So it's about when life happens, can we get back up? Right. I was thinking this morning, I was reading something and someone said, well, they were triggered. If we don't heal, we'll be triggered. So is it on us to heal so we're not triggered? That's all about us. What others do and say is about them. How we respond is about us. So if you're triggered, what needs to be healed? Be resilient. Because if we, uh, you know, just uh, explode or we just become a puddle of tears. And I'm not saying don't feel your emotions, not at all. But don't stay stuck. Get back up. I like I it's really important, you know, we got to just keep rising, we got to heal. And triggers will come and go all the time. And it could be the littlest thing that will trigger you. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I'm big on the mirror effect. Why is this affecting my life still? What is mm -hmm. still needing to be fixed? Mm -hmm. What what did I put a bandaid on instead of actually healing? Because there's a lot of bandaid effects out there. Uh, you know, we're like, oh, no, no, we're, we're over it. We're over it. And then all of a sudden this thing comes at us and we're like, oh, shoot, I'm not over it. Y you know, we got to stop putting band-aids out there. It's just more clutter. I, I you know. Uh, so what message do you have for all the listeners out there this morning? Uh, that they are good enough, worthy enough, and loved. I believe if we don't feel that, we create clutter in our lives. So I want you to go after this and write down five things you love about yourself and know that you can do it. So Julie, what are five things you love about yourself? I love my smile. I love my hair. I got great hair. Thank you, mom and dad. I'm really happy about that. Uh, what did I say? My smile and my eyes. I love that I started playing tennis and made it to the finals for the past two years. I've lost, but that's okay. Considering I've only done it uh, less than two years. I'm good with that. I love that. I always, I uh, always want to learn. I always want to be the best version of me and I don't stop. I keep my resiliency. Those are just five. Uh, and the reason why I asked you that question and I reversed it is because I want to show people how easy it is. You know, sometimes we stress yeah. so much. We're like, oh, my God, this is so hard. I can't do it. And this is why I asked the one word, because I've, I've gotten this feedback a lot, is, Ms. Liz, that's a hard question. One word to describe myself. Interesting. And, and I want people to see that it's because society has programmed us so badly that we think that we need to give you this word. Is that going to be good enough? I always get asked that. Is that good enough? Is that Does it feel good enough for you? Do you understand why you're giving me that word? Does that describe who you are? Because, and that's why I asked my guests and asked you this morning, Julie, what your tea was, because I can't tell you what your tea is. Mm -hmm. I don't know your life. I don't know your story. I don't know what you've been through. So you have to give me the tea. You know, I just hold the pot. I just pour it. I just make a mess. Mm -hmm. And I just, mm -hmm. you know, and I just share with the audience out there how we can serve differently when we stop letting others define our lives and tell us and direct our lives. Yes. And it's the same with clutter. You know, some stuff that we might think is clutter might not be clutter for somebody else. Absolutely. So, so uh, if anybody would like to reach you, Julie, how can they reach you? They go to reawakenyourbrilliance.com. I've got my social media link to the podcast. Uh, and I have free 10 tips. Uh, take action items to declutter your life right now. Physical, mental, emotional, holiday, all that good stuff. If you like download it, blam, I give you a take action item. And do you have any upcoming events or anything that, that people should check out? No, but if with the holidays coming, please check out my books. I also have affirmations. I also have classes. They're really affordable. I want people to be able to make change in their lives. So good stuff. A lot of good stuff out there. If you're a DIYer. Awesome. Well, I really want to thank you, Julie, for joining me today on Tea Time and sharing Declutter. For everyone out there, Christmas time is coming. Books are deeply important, but don't clutter yourself with books. <laughs> but, but if they're also on e, they're also on ebooks. If you, I'm like you, I have to have paper. But uh, <laughs> and then if someone told me I didn't realize she uh, 
she you can write on ebooks. So if you get one of the journals they have, they're that advanced now. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Well, there you go. So I will see everybody back here at 3 p.m. Eastern Center time with the second tea time. And we'll be talking about getting featured. And then we're going to close it up this Thursday with Alzheimer's and dementia. We're going to bring some information on that. And we're going to be speaking with the co-founder and director, uh, Mary Ann, this, this evening. And this afternoon, we'll be talking with Brett. So tune in and join those teas. And Again, subscribe to the channel. Check out Miss Liz's website, www.misslizstea time. And until then, I will see everybody at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with the second tea time of this week.